Talking about the ghetto Funky, funky, get out Trying to survive Trying to stay alive Hello and welcome to Rips on Rips where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson. I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell, who is rocking the original NES control. By the way, NES, Nintendo Entertainment System for all you youngins <laughs> oh, out yeah, there. Right, right, right. The original NES controller on a shirt. I'm loving it, buddy. Man, yeah. This is what we used to do. What man. was your favorite game back in the day? Uh, Metroid. Really? Wow, yeah. that's a that's a that's one I haven't thought of in a long time. Yeah. Taking it back. That's taking it back. Well, listeners, hit us up. We want to know what your favorite game is too. Please do. Absolutely. We'll, run, we'll do like a running tally. It'll be fun. All right. So together on the show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. Tobe, what are we listening to today? Well, we are listening to the song The Ghetto by Too Short. One of the pioneers of West Coast rap, Too Short's 30-year career has influenced countless artists and MCs. Let's hop in the DeLorean to hear what influenced him and find out what track was sampled to make this hit. Rewind! Mm. I have some people crying on this episode. Cool. Including me. Yes, this is the ghetto. Shown up now. You know, he doesn't make the ghetto sound bad, I'm just saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you tell the good people what we are listening to? Well, this is The Ghetto by Donny Hathaway from his 1970 debut, Everything is Everything. Well, The Ghetto was released as a single, actually, in 1969, and was both the A and the B side of the single, divided into parts one and two. It was co-written by Hathaway and Leroy Hudson, who will go on to replace Curtis Mayfield as the lead singer of The Impressions, and eventually have a very successful solo career. Yeah, and Hudson's solo catalog has also been sampled a ton, including by Young Jeezy for his 2010 mixtape Trap or Die 2, where he took Leroy Hudson's 1973 song, Getting It On, and used it for his track, Time. So I made a little mashup for you. Let's hear them both together, just kind of spliced together, and let me know what you think. Okay, let's do it. All right, get it, Leroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, and here we go again. Here's Jesus. Sounds similar, right? Why you mad? It's just my time. So I heard a uh, like a basketball remix of this song. Yeah. The guy was dribbling the ball and somebody was defending him. Mm. And he made a remix of his song called Getting Off. Like getting off me. Oh, you know, instead okay. of getting it on. I'm, I'm totally kidding. So unfortunately, Man, you had me there. <laughs> I was like, because the look on your face, you sucked me in. I can't believe I fell for that. So, unfortunately, Jeezy Ugh. forgot to clear the sample. Oops. So, Leroy filed a lawsuit. Yeah. And this is my public service announcement. Please, please, please clear your samples, people. Got to clear them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. <laughs> that, too. All right. So, back to Donny Hathaway. Sadly, this extraordinarily talented artist left us far too soon at the young age of 33. 
As amazingly talented as he was, he definitely struggled with mental health issues, including severe bouts of depression, a diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia, and apparently this was hereditary, you know, as his father also had similar issues. Yeah, he, it, sound, it sounds like he was generally good when he was on his meds, but, you know, wasn't always the best at taking them. So I'm going to... I'm going to piggyback on your public service announcement and make one of my own. Mm-hmm. Look, people, your mental health is as important, if not more so, than your physical health. So you wouldn't ignore your physical well-being. So please do not ignore mental health issues. Get the help and support you need. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get back into Donnie's history and the beautiful music he made while he was with us. So Donnie Edward Hathaway was born on October 1st, 1945 in Chicago and grew up in the projects of St. Louis with his grandmother. So he definitely had some firsthand knowledge of the ghetto that he will go on to sing about. Yeah, he would go on to study music on a fine arts scholarship at Howard University where he met and befriended another monster talent, Roberta Flack. So he left school before finishing his degree, but only because he already had job offers lined up in the music business. Okay, so he went pro early. I like it. Uh, I wonder if maybe Knight gave him a shoe deal? Should have. What do you call call that? uh, A doo-wop-wop? Like a shoe deal? A shoe deal. Okay. All right. (laughs) Well, he went to work for Curtis Mayfield's Curtom Records in Chicago. So, you know, whatever signing bonus that he got, it was certainly super fly. Okay, Tobe. You know what? (laughs) You, my friend, are a pusher man. Oh, you were a pusher man of bad puns. Very good. I feel like we need to stop you. That was good. That was good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Uh, all right. Anyway, well, Donnie became a house producer at Curtom and also started recording his own material. His first single under his own name was the 1969 duet with Joan. Joan? No, it wasn't Joan. It was June. June Conquest, which is still a fantastic name. June Conquest. Seriously. I have no idea who that is, but it's a fantastic name. Their duet was called I Thank You, Baby. Let's give that a listen. Didn't have a dime. Mm, been there. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what your first name is, with the last name of Conquest. Pretty much do whatever you seriously, want. Seriously, think about it. You're going to win. Johnny Conquest. <laughs> Sammy Conquest, like, uh, Ichabod Conquest, Floyd. Floyd Conquest. Floyd Conquest, okay. It don't matter. So soon he was signed to Atco Records, and his debut album, Everything is Everything, was released in 1970. His first single was our featured track, The Ghetto. And on its release, The Ghetto reached number 23 on the Billboard Hot Soul charts and number 87 on the Billboard Hot 100. And with its jazz-tinged vibe, it's only natural that it would later be covered by my man, George Benson. Mm, mm. That's so, a man right there. Oh, you're not that's lying. The... <laughs> Let's take a listen to some of the tasty licks off his cover of The Ghetto from his 2000 album, Absolute Benson. Let's do it. I want you scatting with me, too. Man, I, I got to listen to this, man. I haven't heard this in a while. George? You know, his middle name is Conquest, right? <laughs> Man. He did a song with Mary J. Blige. 
And I'm telling you, it was, they, they shut it down. Oh, you got to send that to me. They shut it, it down. In 1971, Donnie released his eponymous second album, Donnie Hathaway. It consisted of mostly covers of gospel and soul songs, including Leon Russell's A Song For You. Let's hear that. Now, this, this is my song right here. This, this right here. You literally just sent me a text of this song I from, did. what, America's Got Talent, right? I, I think it's America's Got Talent, and Gabriel Union gave the singer this amazing young man who yeah. actually is autistic. Yeah, right? he, he, well, wow. He Look this sang up, people. this song. If you, man, I'm telling you, it's beautiful. All right, but first, let's hear, let's hear Donnie. Let's hear Donnie's version. I've been so many places in my life and time. Tell him what you've done now. I've sung a lot of songs. I've made some bad ones. I've acted out my life in stages with 10,000 people watching. But we're alone now, and I'm singing the song to you. Have you heard all the words for this? Yeah. This song is intense. Isn't it? It is. It, it is gives so you intense. All the feels. It gives you everything, the full spectrum. Which, yeah. It's a song that's moved so many people. That's probably why it's been covered by folks all over the musical map from Willie Nelson to the Queen herself, Aretha, Donna Summer, Neil Diamond. Michael Bublé, Zach Wilde, of all people, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> and let's not forget Busy Bone with DMX. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Notez, Whitney Houston, The Temptations, Natalie Cole, and this epic cover by Ray Charles that earned him the 1994 Grammy for the best male R&B vocal performance. Mm. Let's take a listen to that. Very few people can go pound for pound with Donnie, but obviously Ray. <laughs> this is Ray. <laughs> this is Ray. This is Ray. <laughs> Gonna do what it do, baby. I've been so many places in my life and time. Cause you you know he lived this. I sung a lot of songs. True that. I've made some bad rhymes. I've acted out my life in stages with ten thousand people watching. I'm getting goosebumps, man. This is amazing. What incredible song. I'm just to sing this song for you. I love how a song like this can transcend genres. You mentioned Busy, so let's hear how he and DMX gave this a hip-hop spin. Let's do it. I love that flow. You could do that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it, man. Busy, busy could go. So let's pay some homage to the original, because it's never a bad time to hear Leon Russell. Oh, let's, right. let's do that. Let's do, let's do that. I've been so many places in my life and time. I've sung a lot of songs. I've made some bad rhymes. I've acted out my love in stages with 10,000 people watching. But we're alone now and I'm singing this song to you. They're all different, but they're all good. I know. I know you're in me, 
Well, speaking of voices that are always good to hear, let's take a listen to Donnie's third album, Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway, which consisted of duets between both of these legends. Yes, yes, let's do that. Let's do that. So their biggest hit from that album is the 1972 track, Where Is the Love? It reached number five in the Billboard Hot 100 and held the number one spot on the easy listening and soul single charts. Let's listen to one of my favorite songs on this planet. I feel like you're saying this a lot no, in this episode. This is, this is my jam. Okay. I love this. All right. Let's play it. And you were gonna say goodbye. This song is just so honest. It is. It really is. It's an honest song. I love it. Well, as great as he was in the studio, Donnie was an even more incredible live performer. Let's hear the live version of Little Ghetto Boy from his 1972 album, Live. That's it. It's just live. When you're Donnie (laughs) Hathaway, that's all you have to call it. So much pain and misery. How deep that is. I know. Little Ghetto Boy. Well, he had some cats that could play, too. You think? Yeah. He robbed that Oh, man, that tone, his voice. Oh, and this is live. Can you imagine seeing this live? Oof. So Dr. Dre sampled the studio version of this song for his track, Little Ghetto Boy, off of the 1992 album, The Chronic. Let's give that a listen. to hear this all the time. Oh my God. I feel like Dre really knows how to sit these samples in a beat, like in the pocket so well. Agreed. Agreed. It's not awkward. No. It's just right on place. It's like it was meant to be there. Yep. Well, Wu-Tang Clan also used it for their song Little Ghetto Boys from their 1997 album Wu-Tang Forever. But... We can't play much of that on a Imagine show. that. Imagine that. <laughs> so so we won't play it. So nope, we're not going to play that one. Okay, so Donnie Hathaway was also the co-composer, along with Nadine Teresa McKinner, of one of the greatest modern Christmas songs of all time, the 1970 track, This Christmas. Can I say how hard this song goes in the paint? Can I talk about for that? For a Christmas song. This, I mean, this song, is a great song, this period. This is ridiculous. But then for a Christmas song, yeah. I mean, it's only June, but it's never a bad time to hear this. Am okay. I right? Yes, play it. Let's do it. The tree, how much fun it's gonna be together. This Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. Sing it now. We're caroling through the night. And this Christmas. Yes, sir. Mm, mm, mm. I'm ready. When's Christmas coming? I'm telling you, man. It'll be one of those countdown clocks. How many days are there? <laughs> yeah, so good. Mm, ridiculous. Well, sadly, Donnie would only have one more studio release, the 1973 album 
Extension of Man. While he was working on another duets album in 1979, he became paranoid and delusional, and the recording session was stopped. Hours later, he was found dead on the sidewalk outside his hotel from an apparent suicide. Sad as that is, he left us with an incredible musical legacy in a short time period. Let's finish up with one of his powerful recordings from Extension of Man, Someday We'll All Be Free, a track that brought Donnie himself to tears when he heard the playback of the recording. And we hope it moves you too. There he goes down in that lower register again. I will say this, very rarely are you going to find someone that does work in a short, relatively a short period yeah. of time that can touch emotional strings like this Totally man. agree. Totally agree. You know, this is just amazing. All right, well, let's get into our next featured track and hear how Donnie's legacy influenced Too Short. Let's have another listen to a different part of The Ghetto by Too Short. game in a too short rap can't be white and whites can't be black why you want to act like someone else all you got to do is just be yourself we're all the same color underneath short dog is he really was more conscious on this song totally i wish he had done so much more of this there's so many great verses on this track alone Mm -hmm. honestly agreed respect be intelligent when you put them in check is when you're ignorant you get treated that way and when they throw you in jail you got nothing to say so if you don't listen it's not my well let's tell the good listeners a little bit about too short and his musical career too short's real name is taj shaw and he was born on april 28th in the year 1966 in south central la Then later on his family moved to oakland california after he turned 14 and there he attended fremont high school and was a drummer in the high school band there too Short was inspired to rap after hearing the Sugar Hill Gang and Melly Mel. He eventually got signed to an independent label named 75 Girls and started selling his tapes to the community. And buddy, now you 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 know me pretty well. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know how my mind works. Uh, I know where you're going. I, I can't <laughs> I can't help but to ask, you know, how in, in the world does someone come up uh, yeah. with the name 75 Girls for a record label? Well, Tob, you know what? I don't know, and frankly, I really don't want to <laughs> do anything that's going to jeopardize our family safe rating for the show. So here's what I want to give you. I think uh, he was probably looking to field like a powder puff football oh, team. Oh, boy. And they were, they were raising money for charity, right? Okay. I think okay. that's what the, the goal was. Or maybe it's similar to that gas station that you see from time to time. You know, the gas station says 76. Wow. It, it was actually started by a union. Okay. So maybe there's a union called 75 Girls. Really? If so, maybe they have... Membership? <laughs> yeah, you're looking for an application? I don't think you, f- you fit no, the qualifications. No, I'm not, but, I'm not uh, doing that. Yeah, I think you're stretching this whole thing a long... <laughs> yeah, no. Well, regardless, it's safe to say that Too Short's career has been hugely successful. He released his first album, Don't Stop Rappin', in 1983, and his second album entitled Players in 1985, under the 75 Girls label. So for his third album, he decided to create his own company called Dangerous Music with the help of co-founder and friend Randy Austin. His first three albums did a good job at creating the buzz, but it was his fourth album entitled Born to Mac that was the one that really set things off to be one of the first West Coast rap stars. 
Born to Mac was released on July 20th, 1987, and it was an underground success. Toby, how do you spell success? <laughs> I'm so glad that you asked. Mm-hmm. Well, I know how I spell the word, but too short. Do you spells spell it the same way everybody else does? It, do you it, have your I, own I, way? I, no, no, I spell the same oh, way. Okay, I spell I the know. same way. No, no. It's called Shemay. <laughs> <laughs> Shemay Beer, that's how I spell it. Too Short apparently spells a little differently, right? So he spells success 50,000 albums sold out of his trunk, okay? That's, that's a how big he's, trunk, first that, of all. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying a lot right there. So uh, now that, you know, that that's definitely hustling hard in the paint. It is, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't say anything bad about that at all. So all of this hard work paid off because it earned him the, the attention of Jive record execs. Too Short was, was then signed to Jive, and Born to Mac was repackaged and then re-released. Born to Mac went gold on the strength of his stories about drugs and pimping and street life. But let's check out one of the singles from Born to Mac. This is Freaky Tales. Yeah. These are the tales, the freaky tales. Yeah, it's pretty much only the intro of Freaky Tales. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you're old enough, <laughs> please check it out. You know, the one thing I like about him is that he takes his time with his lyrics. You can hear every word. Everything. Every There's no word. mumbling going on. Right. So I, I do love that. So... As Joe had mentioned, we uh, unfortunately can only play just a piece of this song. Yeah, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of naughty, naughty words on this one. I haven't heard naughty in a long time, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm just naughty by nature. No, no seriously. You know, oh, that's just, boy. That's treacherous. Treacherous. <laughs> treacherous. So, Nam, it actually, you know, that is true. There are a lot of naughty words on this song. But I was actually speaking to the fact that this song is over nine minutes long. It's I mean, like the modern Inagata Devita. You know, this is this is <laughs> this is what radio disc jockeys like to call the bathroom or or smoke break songs. Don't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. Seriously. But uh, yeah, actually, or vape, or, or vape, that, none or of that. Any, but the, of that. you know what? This song wouldn't even be fit for radio. So yeah, that wouldn't work either. So his, you know, I, I totally agree with that. So totally agreed. So his next album was called Life Is Too Short. And for this project, Jive Records was involved from the beginning. And let's check out one of the tracks from this album. It's called Rhymes. Smart. Make your own beats. Keep them out. Yeah. Yeah. It's another public service announcement. (laughs) Get your skills up. And I do it by myself. Could you be like me? I rap my nonstop rhymes. You will never hear a pause when I say these lines. I go on and on. So life is too short, went platinum, and stayed on the U.S. charts for 78 weeks. 78 weeks. 78 weeks. He actually set a trend with the release of this album by releasing both a clean and an explicit version. See, Jules, I told you too short was for the kids. (laughs) For the Uh, children. No. No. No? Kids, no. Not really? No, it's not. (laughs) But he is definitely one for pushing the envelope. One fact, by the way, do you say envelope or envelope? I say in, envelope. I think it depends on with the context. Like, I'm going to address an envelope, mm. but if I'm pushing an envelope, oh. so I kind of switch it up. Yeah, but you don't say I'm pushing an envelope. I'm right. never pushing in. Right. It doesn't sound cool enough. Interesting. Yeah. Continue. Well, one factor that also <laughs> led to the popularity of the album was that there was a rumor that he was killed. Oh. Yeah, like in a crack house or something. I don't right, know. right, right. Uh, obviously, of course, it wasn't true, but I'm sure this just only you know increased the intrigue about his music. 
Yeah, and for the record, while no MCs were injured during the creation of this podcast— It's still early. Right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. I must say that Too Short was definitely killing record sales, and his sixth studio album entitled Short Dogs in the House was released on September 11th in 1990. Now, this album showcased beats laced with 808 drums over lyrics that range from everything from socially conscious to sexually explicit lyrics. This is the album that includes the social consciousness of our second feature track, The Ghetto. Mm -hmm. And it also features the first collaboration between two major rap stars from Northern and Southern California. The track Ain't Nothing But a Word to Me featuring Ice Cube, which we can't play on this show. So you're telling me the word... Is censorship. That's <laughs> no, what you're telling me. I'm just saying that in the <laughs> words of Sly Stone, this this show is a family affair. Uh-huh. Okay. But one song we can play from Short Dogs in the House is Short But Funky. Let's give that a spin. Let's do it. It all started out from a freaky tail. If that's what sells, then I'ma stick with it. Short dog ain't changing, so forget it. You can sell out if you want to, homie. But I'ma stay short but funky. Do you notice, though, critically speaking, do you notice how his verses, he actually doubles it, doubles a lot of his verses? That's interesting because, you know, Tupac later did that Mm -hmm. as well. And I Mm -hmm. thought that, I just think that's that's interesting. I wonder if Tupac listened to this and actually got it because, you know, Oakland, Digital Underground, you're right there, right? I wonder. That's that's very astute observation, Hey, hey, Toby tries. Toby tries. So, Short But Funky samples the 1980 R&B and dance hit from the band Sky. Corner. With two Y's. Sky with two Y's. Sky. Sky. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Called High. Let, let's, let's take a listen to that. This just sounds like... It sounds like a sigh from a parent that has heard like one too many requests from the child. Like, ah, no, ah. <laughs> you know what? That kick drum also reminds me of uh, that. Is I don't know if it's No Doubt. I think it's No Doubt or Gwen Stefani by herself. But that song, Hella Good. Mm. But Hella Good, <laughs> that's a hella good song, actually. Short But Funky also contains some thinly veiled disses to another popular MC from Two Short's hometown of Oakland, California. Let, let me guess. Uh, I'm gonna get, let like, me guess. Hmm, he was a bat boy. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Hammer? Yeah. Come on, man. The Hammers have beef with everyone. Everybody. <laughs> everybody. So Too Short did not like how MC Hammer didn't give the love back to his fellow Oakland rappers. And also how, and allow me to quote... He became more famous for acting famous, and mm. then the music came with it, right? You get mad at practice. It was like an early Kardashian. <laughs> right, right, right. Then you could say that. And then the music came with it at the same time. He walked in the door with four bodyguards and an entourage with his first single was just coming out. And having him as an example, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing I'm that. I'm not doing yeah. that. Well, thankfully, they did eventually patch things up. He... He says, and I, you know, I'll quote it, but I'll clean it up. It got to a point where we were like, man, let's just go there with him. Let's just all go out there. Louis Burrell, Hammer's big brother, he called us and said, man, I know what's going on. I know who y'all are. I know all the stuff. We just off tour. We just getting home. We've been through hell out here on the road and somebody got killed. All kinds of stuff happened. We're not coming home to this crap. We're, we're not. It was so real what he said. So basically after it escalated the most, it just took a phone call, really, to squash it. 
And so now Too Short considers Hammer and Hammer's crew family and all those guys friends. Well, that's that's really good to hear. It's certainly one thing we didn't they didn't need at that particular no, time. We had all that, that stuff going on in the tour. So Short Dogs in the House went platinum as well and peaked at 20 on the U.S. Hot 200 and number three on the U.S. R&B hip hop chart. Now, one amazing fact is that 90 percent, you heard me correct, 90 percent of the sales were all from Oakland and its surrounding districts. Wow. So so when I read this, Joe, I'm, I'm being yeah. honest here. When I read this— It's got to be a typo, right? I, I couldn't even believe it right off the bat. So I had to do some fact-checking, right, to make sure I, I was, you know, thinking about this in the correct fashion. What did you find out? So, so check this out. So Ohio has a population of about 11 million. Okay. With Cleveland Metro's population right at about 2 million. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the Bay Area yeah. has a population— of seven million. Does it really? I didn't seven. realize it was that big. I didn't either. So just one city and its surrounding communities has about three times the population of Cleveland. Huh. Seven million people. That's a lot of people, That's man. That's a lot of people. So definitely a clear sign that this song like really resonated with people. And I know that you really want uh, to discuss this song. This was, you know, this was something that was, you know, has been on the list of of uh, songs to cover for a while. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what it is that makes this song stand out for you. Well, it certainly had an impact on me back in the day. But before I get into the how that all went down, mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about another show on the Evergreen Network that goes back in the day. What show would that be there, Joe? It's called Gen X Grown Up. It's been around for about two years. New episode releases every Thursday, and it features friends, John, Mo, and George, Kids of Generation X who grew up in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These sound like my kind of people mm-hmm. right here. So we they need to hang out with these cats. Uh, seriously. So they cover media, games, tech, toys, and pop culture of both yesterday and today. So they cover current events based on what's going on today, and then they do backtrack episodes where they kind of pick a nostalgic topic from growing up as a Gen Xer, and they dig deep, right? So I know you remember these things, Tobe. Let me lay some, let me lay mm-hmm. some topics on mm-hmm. you. Schoolhouse Rock. Conjunction Junction, <laughs> what's, what's your function? I'm just a bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just a did, bill. Did you have a rotary phone? Man, listen. <laughs> I I hated them things, okay? I hated them things. <laughs> I'm seriously. Dialing nine was horrible. It hit one number wrong and then have to do the entire thing over again. It's terrible. Did you have a Walkman? Man, I tell you what. the the I had how many Walkmans did I have? <laughs> okay. See, Duracell probably put their kids through college with how many batteries I bought for that thing. And you probably rented VHS tapes at a rental store, like a yeah, like a movie B- rental blockbuster. What? What's yeah. that? Hey, <laughs> exactly, exactly. These guys for Gen X grown up firmly believe that you have to grow older, but you don't have to grow up. We call that the Peter Pan theory. <laughs> if you are a Generation Xer, this is something that you, you got to check out for sure. All right, good stuff, Tobe. I'm glad we were able to send a shout-out to one of our fellow podcasts on the Evergreen Network. But mm-hmm. let's get back into Too Short. So you asked me what, you know, the ghetto meant to me when it came out. So I was actually one of the non-West Coast listeners to this album when it was released. I was in high school. I would typically make my friends crank this while we were driving around doing nothing. Shout-out to my man and show listener Radar for having both the car Woo-hoo! and what? the stereo there to make go. that happen. This bass line made the windows rattle. Well, you weren't alone, obviously. So this song actually resonated with a lot of people, and that's illustrated by the fact that the ghetto reached number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 3 on the Hot Rap Song charts, 
and I actually read that Roberta Flack approved of the use of this song and thanked Too Short for using it in such an honorable way. Yeah, you know, he, like we said before, he really took a socially conscious message here. And I, you know, here's the other thing that I want to say. He's been rightly criticized for misogynistic lyrics, among other things. But this song was definitely addressing social issues, and that resonated with me. Look, I was a white kid. I was growing up in the suburbs. But in my own way, actually, I'm still a white kid, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but, You're a man. I know, right? You're a man. <laughs> Go ahead. But, but in my own way, I identified with the frustrations outlined by this song and, honestly, gangster rap in general. I had a pretty rough home life growing up, and listening to Straight Outta Compton or Fear of a Black Planet or Short, Short Dogs in the House was, it was an outlet. So even if the specific circumstances were different, it still mattered, Right. Right. Plus, plus the grooves that they sampled for all these tracks were just so good. Yeah, they 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 were really good, especially if you do the 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 history and do the research and find out like what influenced him to actually use that music, yeah. right? Right. So in his thirty years in music, Too Short has recorded twenty albums and has collaborated with artists from Jay Z, Tupac, Biggie, Scarface from the Ghetto Boys, and Lady Gaga. Hmm. Truly an amazing track record, if you think about it. To actually record it, you know, with Jay, Biggie, Tupac. I mean, these are definitely people that are on, like, most people's rap Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. Right? So to have one person accomplish all of that is incredible. So I did want to, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show the uh, background vocals for Two Short's version of The Ghetto. Right, right. So I think we need, to, we need our listeners' help here. I, I checked the Wikipedia page, and they were like, oh, yeah, background vocals sung by Gerald Levert. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, Gerald Levert was 14 at the time. <laughs> so pretty sure he wasn't in the studio with two short recording lyrics. Right. So we need to fix that. But I also, I need to call somebody else out too. Please. Okay. It's another gangster rapper that I think might have gotten away with stealing or at least heavily borrowing from Too Short and Donny Hathaway. Who are you referring to? You say gangsta. I'm thinking yeah. like Schoolie D. Mm -hmm. You're thinking maybe Ice T. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I'm referring to none other than the legendary Richard Marks. Richard Marks? Yeah. You mean this guy? If I see you gangsta. next to never, but how can we see? Man, this takes me back to school. <laughs> Not in a good way, huh? My goodness. Every time I hear this song, I always have these, these panic attacks. Like, man, do I have a paper due tomorrow? <laughs> do, I, do I remember my lunch money? Yeah, okay. All right, fine. Maybe he's not a gangster rapper unless it's opposite day. But this song was released in October of 1991. One full, not this song, not right here waiting, but this next song I'm going to play for you was released one full year later after the release of The Ghetto by Too Short. So let's take a listen to a song called Keep Coming Back, and you tell me if this sounds familiar. I'm intrigued. Let's play it. I don't even think what he changed the key, the tempo, anything. Yeah, he did. Wow. That bass line. Yeah. I mean, even... Even the organ licks pretty much the same, man. Pretty much the same. Yeah, well, I guess it didn't matter. This track landed him at number one on the adult contemporary charts and even hit number 71 on the hot R&B hip-hop songs charts. Look, I remember when this came out, I was incensed. I called my sister. My, yeah, I 
my sister. She's six years younger. I already had to listen to Too Short. Sorry, sis. Or you're welcome. I don't know. But uh, I was like, I went on a mini rant. And I was like, I can't believe he took this from Too Short. Or Donnie, or both. I don't know. It just bugged me. Well, I can't believe the song's called Keep Coming Back. And he's keep coming back and get himself some some tea, hot tea. His voice sounds like a scratchy <laughs> a little gravelly. Head. Yeah. I think, I think people dig that, though. <laughs> it might have. Not so much anymore, but maybe at that time. So Richard Marx is actually quoted as saying that for Keep Coming Back, he wanted to write an old-fashioned R&B song. <laughs> you mean steal an old-fashioned R&B song? Uh, yeah, that's kind of what he did. So... <laughs> You know, I, I think you might be being a, a little bit harsh here, buddy. I mean, this kind of stuff happens from time to time. We've talked about it in this show. It's, it's true. Happened. It happens. So uh, and it's certainly not the most blatant sample or interpolation I've ever heard. Okay. You're correct. It's not the most egregious lifting of a melody. It's just, look, I like to see credit given to inspirational sources. Maybe Richard never heard Two Shorts' version of the ghetto, but I am for certain that he heard Donny Hathaway's version. So just give a little credit. That's all I'm saying. So what do you say we move on to another icon that was very aware of his influences and never hesitated to praise the artist that inspired him? The king himself, Elvis? Okay, well, that is a great idea. So Elvis had a major comeback hit in 1969, the same year that The Ghetto was released as a single by Donny Hathaway. Elvis tackled the same theme and released the Mac Davis pen song In the Ghetto in April of 69. So let's take a listen. Love this track too. Man, the strings in the back the background were nice. Mm-hmm. On a cold and gray Chicago morning, a poor little baby child is born in the ghetto. And his mama cries. Cause if there's one thing she don't need is another hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto. Well, don't you understand? Child needs so this song was originally titled The Vicious Circle and talks about the cycle of poverty and its inescapable grasp. Despite the heavy subject matter, In the Ghetto was Elvis's first top 10 hit in over four years, reaching number three in the U.S. and number one in numerous other countries. This song marked the return of Elvis to the music scene after having done movies, not all of them good, <laughs> for a number of years, and did so in a big way. We talking about like Beach Blanket Bingo? No, that was one of the good ones. <laughs> but, no, was, that, was he in that one? I don't know. No, that was like a Netflix show. Oh, right? Yeah, had, no, he, he was I doing like Hawaii things or something. I don't know. My but, bad. But In the Ghetto was not the only hit laid down during those Memphis, Tennessee sessions. Dope, do you have a favorite Elvis song? I mean, that is it, kind of like trying to pick out your favorite Eminem out of a bag. I mean, they, they are, there's a lot of good in there, right? Yeah, they're, they're all good. Right. So Hound Dog is probably my favorite, if I'm thinking about it. Hound <laughs> you Dog were singing my, it earlier. Man, you, Hound Dog. You were talking about how great those lyrics are. Dude, I'm sitting there riding around town in Cleveland, <laughs> blasting Hound Dog, which looked crazy, but that I is, enjoy that it. That is epic. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, it is hard to pick for sure, but this, this next song would definitely be on my top 10. Let's have a listen to... Suspicious Minds. Let's do it. And we used to cover this back in the day, too. Really? Oh, I love it. What you doing to me When you don't believe a word I say we can't That bass line's moving, too. Bass line is killing it. 
So definitely can't go wrong with that song, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, I think we're about out of time. What all did we cover today? Well, today we listened to The Ghetto by Donny Hathaway, and our next feature track was The Ghetto by Too Short. And our bonus song was In the Ghetto by I Elvis Presley. I sense a Presley. theme going on here. You see here. you sense a theme? Well, I, I see like, a pattern here. I like how we did that. <laughs> All right, what do we have lined up for our next episode? We're going to head out west, get creative and even a little sentimental, and maybe make bad puns involving jelly. Oh, wow. I can't wait for this. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're already <laughs> thinking about the most important show material. All right, until next time, enjoy yourselves, and uh, remember what Donnie said. Someday, we will all be free. Take care. Huzzah. Keep listening. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. And audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or visit evergreenpodcasts.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. Peace. Hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.